the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Another day, another dollar. No. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I think we have the mother of all sector rotations going on. Interesting. Um, what do I mean by that? The NASDAQ's weaker. The S&P 500's playing with an all-time high. That's good news. You don't want just one winner. In the world, you don't want just the United States and everyone else goes to heck in a handbasket because they spend money in our economy. We spend money in their economies, and it's a good thing. But there's a, a sector rotation going on. How long does it last? I don't know. But I would kind of like after seeing Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and Netflix and Google all hit 52-week highs basically ever since March, like day after day after day after day, pretty consistently, it's nice to take a pause that reflect, refreshes there and send some money elsewhere, book some profits, and we'll come back in the next earnings season and see where we stand. Maybe, maybe it doesn't last, even last that long, the sector rotation. Oh, what else is out there? Uh, during the coronavirus mess, a lot of companies are saying, hey, we don't really want to match the 401k because we want to save some of that cash so we don't fire you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. We'll still fire you if we need to, but we kind of want to save some of that cash. So that's something I would be paying attention to. If you don't want to pay attention to the politics, if you don't want to pay attention to the election, if you don't want to pay attention to, is there a vaccine out of Russia? What? What? Did I, did I wake up and there's a vaccine? Cinder Rumpelstiltskin fell asleep by the side of the river and woke up in 2020 with a vaccine. What? Did Russia really pull that off? That's the rub. Putin got on television last night and claimed victory that great Russia is back to being great again. And they've got a project called the Sputnik Project, which has a, a vaccine. And he's even given it to his daughter. Um, the science community is like, yeah, sure, show us. Um, but hey, if they have it, great. If they don't, well, we continue to move on without it, right? Johnson Johnson is eyeing one billion doses of potential COVID nineteen shots in twenty twenty one. One billion doses. It's a lot of doses. Um, good news or bad news? Again, if you're Johnson & Johnson, you're trying to get the cure first or get the vaccine or get a treatment. There's a, a thing about speeding along. No. Stocks are rising. Dow adds 300 plus points. That's a, I think that's what's considered a big day now. It used to be 100, but that's when the Dow was at you know 16,000. But now that it's at 28,000, it kind of takes two or three times that to say, oh, that's a big move. It's a big move. And again, a little bit of sector rotation. Why do I say that? Because some unloved sectors in the last 52 weeks, like financials and energies, are doing well. Some weakness seen in real estate and utilities. So the utilities is people say, in my opinion, if you're to make a general comment, which is, again, generalized, not right? 
and you can get in trouble with that. I, I think you're saying like, maybe I sell my utilities. I don't have to hide in something like electricity where we know people are going to turn on the t- TV and they're going to have to pay their bill. Otherwise, they get no TV next month. That's a lot of safety in that kind of thing, but there's not a lot, unless there's a baby boom, like out of nowhere, like everyone needs two times as much electricity. We're doubling our population. Yeah. It's not exactly sexy. It's consistent. So when you see money come out of uh, utilities and go into energy and financials, I like it. So it's normal and healthy. And it's also nice to see like... I want to own NVIDIA, but I don't want to own it at its 52-week high. I want to own Tesla, but I don't want to own it at its 52-week high. So I like some of these names that cool off. Boeing's up 5% today. Um, They're up 19% in August. Again, a little bit of a sector rotation. Boeing is crippled. And that's a compliment to Boeing because they're worse than crippled at this point in time. But at $188 a share, it's, it's getting back up to that things are going go, good again or things are going well enough that we could focus on them because they are a great American company. But in the 1990s, I was on a business show in New York. It might have rhymed with Schmloomberg. And the host said, you know, he was interviewing two of us. And I talked about buying NVIDIA stock in the 1990s, early 2000s, and um, just on a play on video games and yeah, virtualization and gaming as a real business because you know their cards aren't cheap; they're four or five hundred dollar cards typically. Um, and the the other guest decided he's going to scare me. And he said, "Buy GE, not GWiz." And I kind of want to go back to Jesse Eisenberg. He was a publisher he was an editor i believe at forbes or maybe fortune it's one of the two and uh just kind of mock them and go how did that ge work out for you versus g whiz don't get stuck in your ways i'm gonna turn old one day and i won't see the, the writing on the wall and i'll say stupid stuff uber and lyft are down today after losing a court appeal uh, a court ruling that basically says you're gonna have to classify your california employees as drive as employees and not as contractors. Contractors are a beautiful way for businesses to save money. You don't have to pay for the health care. You don't have to do the Social Security. Like There's a lot of things that being an independent contractor you have to do on your own, which a lot of people probably aren't doing, but that's not here nor there. Um, value and cyclical stocks are outperforming today. There's some reopening optimism. I don't know if it's just on that Russia thing. Um, Trump says he's seriously considering a capital gains tax cut. Um, revamping capital gains taxes through a rule or executive order likely would face legal challenges. So we're kind of getting to that area where politics is kind of just getting frayed. Is that the right word? Where we want that stimulus bill into this week, sometime next week, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen in the short term. And I said last Friday, it should happen by this Friday, but they're not really talking. And, um, it seems to be all falling on Mnuchin to pull out because Trump and Pelosi aren't really talking to each other at all for 10 months. Florida is posting record deaths. Throwing that out there for those who had to travel in spring and summer and go to Florida somewhere warmer. That didn't work out terribly well for the citizens of Florida. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Companies are starting to talk about turning furloughs into permanent layoffs. And I kind of get that. Um, my sugar bugger has a different work situation than I. And she is being constantly confronted with no one's going back to work yet. And they're doing a lot of Zoom calls to talk about people's feelings with Black Lives Matter and to talk about people's feelings with COVID and how can we create an environment that is supportive of black lives and how can we create an environment supportive of COVID health issues. They're doing a lot of Zoom calls and these people are getting paid. They're furloughed or they're, what are they exactly? When do they come back to, when do they start doing work, 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 work. So I see more layoffs coming. I do. I do. So, but again, I think that's kind of a reinvention of our society and reinvention of our economy. The 2019 economy, will we will not get back to the same levels of leisure and travel. It'll shift. The money will shift elsewhere. And that's okay. Um, it's healthy. It's an evolve, evolution. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Got into a pretty fun conversation with my producer. And see, hear the song in the background. It's H-A-R called Karma. And I just want to kind of show you what my last 12 hours has been. I spent some time last night on YouTube watching old Mitch Hedberg comedy routines. Um, I'm prepping for a big media project later this year or early next year. And um, so I'm watching a lot of comedy specials trying to get like tone correct. So I, I spent probably two to three hours on YouTube last night. And then um, as I go to bed, I kind of flick through my Twitter feed. And the only thing I have on Twitter, I don't contact you. I don't contact my producer. I don't contact my family members on Twitter. I don't use it as a messaging service in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't reach out to old employees or old bosses or anything. I, none of that. But what I use Twitter for is news feeds on financial markets around the world. So I can take a look at the Financial Times. I could take a look at magazines and newspapers out of China. I could take a look at um, you know, some reporters that I've worked with in the past that I really like their stuff. So I use Twitter for kind of business. I'm trying to give you like the last 12 hours of my life. Um, and then when I'm done with work at night, I turn on Instagram. I, I take a look at maybe at Facebook to see if I, any of my friends have ugly pictures of ugly babies, which one of my friends d d does the funniest thing. He puts pictures of ugly babies on his refrigerator. And this is just, this is so 2019, right? When people would come over to his house and they'd, they'd look at his refrigerator and they'd say, oh, what a cute baby. But they weren't his, they weren't his family's. They were, they're just pictures of ugly babies to see if people would lie and say, what a cute baby. It's a good story. I think it's kind of funny. Um, it shows you how Americans work. But before I fall to bed, I, I, I take a look at Instagram. And on all – and that's just for me. That's, that's selfish Rob. That's all of the bands and, and all the writers and the painters that I like. So I'll fall asleep with things that I, I – news that I want to hear. And last night as I was falling asleep, I saw AJR's got a new album, a new song coming out August 31st. So 
do we have a question why CBS stock isn't hitting an all-time high? Rob's not paying attention to it. He's paying attention to YouTube. He's paying attention to Facebook. He's paying attention to Instagram slash Facebook. He's paying attention to Twitter. That's where my eyeballs are. How about yours? Um, and when I do watch CBS, I go through YouTube TV, which is owned by Google. So they're getting cut of my old TV business eyeballs, so to speak. But that's a market that's still not caught up in the world. Um, and what I mean by that is they still have a lot of empty commercials during the programming. And it'll, it'll say something like, YouTube TV will be right back. YouTube TV will be right back. So they haven't figured out how to sell a commercial during like an ESPN baseball game. Are you kidding me? That's got to be easy, but sometimes they're not placed. But that's also the cool thing about advertising is you used to have to take what CBS gave you. And now, for some reason, I'm getting a lot of you know uh, pharmaceutical ads about impotence and erectile dysfunction. I'm like, did they know something about me that I'm not sharing with others? Targeted marketing is amazing. So uh, YouTube TV will gladly let YouTube let me watch some videos on Mitch Hedberg because Mitch Hedberg was a comedian in the 90s, early 90s. So they know my age right there, and they know they like comedy. Like the sharing of data is phenomenal. Walmart and Instacart are partnering for same-day U.S. delivery. This is cool. I've said Shopify needs to buy FedEx. Maybe Shopify and Instacart or something like that has to start getting together. Um, But Walmart and Instacart are partnering for same-day U.S. delivery in the fight against Amazon's Whole Foods. Walmart has a subscription service that they want to launch to compete with Prime. It was supposed to start in the spring, then it was late summer, and they damn well better get that out by Christmas because this is not a year to be missing online sales. So the partnership right now is in a pilot phase between Instacart and Walmart in four markets across California and Oklahoma. The move cements Instacart's hold over the online grocery delivery market, and they're going to be acquired at some point. I use Instacart not because I'm afraid of COVID. I use Instacart because it saves me time. Um, so now what stinks about it is, yeah, you got to go with somebody that doesn't know how to pick fruits sometimes and vegetables and you get people who you say you'd like, you know, a $2 and 90 cent cookie bar and you get $29 of cookie bars. There you go. That's not really what I was expecting, but you get the idea of it. So Walmart and Instacart are partnering for same day U.S. delivery in the fight against Amazon's Whole Foods, uh, relationship. I, I think this is great. I, I think it's competitive, and it shows you that you know this should calm down antitrust banter about Amazon for a couple days. And Jeff Bezos, when he was at the House Antitrust Subcommittee on July 29th, he talked about Shopify and Instacart are emerging as competitors. I just like it. It's curbside works for me. Curbside pickup, uh, Instacart pickup, uh, delivery. It, it's but it's a rich person's problem. It's a, a I'm not struggling to pay rent. I'm like, someone could go buy groceries for me. I'll tip you to buy groceries. I'm like, it's kind of like tipping a waiter to bring you food. Weird. We live in weird times. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. I think that Walmart story is a good one. And again, it's not going to change the fortunes and fame in a day for you. But it shows you, uh, they get it. You can walk on us only so much, and they get it, and they'll fight back. And Walmart's done a decent job. 
in the last two years, I've ordered more online from Walmart than I did in the previous 10, 15. Boeing now order cancellations are outpacing new sales for the sixth straight month, and yet the stock's doing well. I bring that up because sometimes bad news is good news, or sometimes it's priced in. And you could be a simpleton and go, hey, I heard Boeing order cancellations are outpacing new sales for six straight months. Look at the stock. It knew that a year ago. Now it's telling you uh, six months from now something is going to be a different story. So the headlines today, the PR today, the press release, isn't what's going to be in six months. So in six months, it'll probably say something along the lines, if you believe the stock, that Boeing cancellations are declining for six straight months and orders are picking up. I didn't go in the future and, re- and make that up. I didn't, I didn't do that. But that's what the stock's telling me. Is the stock market usually right? Yeah. Is it always right? No. It is a discounting mechanism. That's what my point. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. This is Weezer bringing us back from break with Happy Hour, which I do believe starts across the country already on the East Coast for the people who are working at home, day drinking. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, and it's only morning for a couple more minutes on the East Coast. And that's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not supporting day drinking, but I was just trying to be funny. Um, that was Weezer, and I was going to go see Weezer with Green Day with my boys this summer, but COVID kind of took that away from me. Maybe they'll be back next summer. Um, maybe not. Uh, we'll see. The one I'm watching right now, just in case you care, is the Pac-12 conference, football conference, is going to decide today if they're playing football. Yesterday, one of the big five conferences said, we're not playing fall sports. And you kind of expect more will crumble. And then that opens up a just crazy scenarios where uh, online gambling and sports books, they love college football because people will many times bet on their colleges, Right. And there's a lot of mismatches early in a college season. And as gamblers, you have a little bit of an edge early in the season versus until Vegas gets caught up to speed. But I, again, so college football, does the Pac-12 cancel? That's hundreds of millions of dollars to the Pac-12. That's enough money to, say, affect tuition. Colleges are going to be struggling to, get pe- to convince people online should be the same price as on campus. Now you take away one of their big money makers, college sports, college football. If the Pac-12 can if the Pac-12 caves, I've seen some some cities or some universities like Nebraska say we're going to find some we're going to find some high schools to play. We're going to find some some kids in, in kindergarten to play because we're going to play football this, this summer. We're going to play football, um, but it's a big economic hit and psychologically, um, there's a conference called the SEC. The Southeast Conference. And if you know anything about American politics, the Southeast tends to vote Republican. Um, if, and they tend to love their college football. They're like, the SEC's nuts. It's a lifestyle in a lot of the cities that those colleges are located. It's a lifestyle. You take that away, you throw in some COVID deaths, and Republicans are going to have a tough time. Republicans want college football back, I think. And again, that's my amateur hour analysis of politics. Today's going to be a big day because after we get through college football, then you start saying, okay, if college football is canceled, the NFL can do Saturday and Sunday games and kind of make even more money on the TV deals. Show more games. People will be hungry for them, I think. 
Um, but until someone quits or gets sick or something happens along those lines, uh, take a look at baseball right now. It's showing you the complexities of open up a sports league without a bubble. Um, Miami Marlins missed the first 10 days essentially. And now the St. Louis Cardinals have missed the last 16 or 20 days. They've got to play some like 55 games in 40 days and it ain't going to happen. So that's a mess out there, but sports are kind of driving a lot of, uh, I would say behavioral investments right now. Do we feel good about the economy? And we see sports as a reflection of that, of our economy, a little Roman gladiator esque. No, but if the NFL starts spreading out their games on Saturdays and Sundays, because college football steps down, um, what are the further ramifications? When do we say there's going to be a Super Bowl this year without people in attendance? And I think we're kind of already saying that without saying it because some states and some teams have said we're not going to sell tickets to the regular season this year. And I don't think you're going to magically say, ta-da, January is different than December and we're going to you know, put butts in the seat. How does that make you feel psychologically? A Super Bowl with no fans in the stadium, no tailgating. That's the next thing to get canceled after college football, I think. And then you're going to look at the NHL and the NBA, finish their seasons in the bubble but then they're going to start back up in a bubble. NHL is supposed to start up in October and they've already said it's going to be more like December. But again, December is starting to creep ever closer. We're a hundred days. We're less than like something like 93 days, 92 days till the election or not that far away from Thanksgiving right after that. And not that far another month till Christmas. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The SP 500 is inching closer to a record high. Russia's coming out and saying that they have a cure for COVID. Vladimir Putin claimed the country had given regulatory approval for the world's first COVID-19 vaccine. There's skepticism about whether the Russians have developed a safe vaccine. Um, I just hope, and this is just my hope for society, is somehow the Russian vaccine turns people into werewolves. Because we need werewolves and vampires, and the only way we're going to get them is experimental vaccines, according to fiction. Of course, I hope it works. Um, but Johnson & Johnson, on the other hand, said, hey, we could produce a billion doses of vaccine candidate if it proves to be successful. Um, so they're getting in a little bit on the, the love there. Markets are looking forward to better days ahead. Although the timing is uncertain with the way the stock market is uh, accepting the reopening of schools and economies. The concern in the market right now is that you're seeing it become a little bit tighter and tighter and that the health of the market isn't spreading. Tighter and tighter meaning Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, Google all leading the markets lower? No. The S&P 500 and the Dow are trying to say we can go higher without you guys. We appreciate all the hard work you did lifting us up because Apple's in the S&P 500. Apple's in the Dow, as is Microsoft. So they helped when we were like, oh, I'm staying away from airlines that are also in those indices and hotels that are also in the indices and financials that are also in those indices. So now the NASDAQ, it's kind of fighting back to almost break even today. But the S&P 500 is up one half of percent, up 14 points, still off of its high. Um, but once we take that out, technically I'm going to look and tell you, will that be, in my opinion, a double top or do we break through it? 3380 is kind of the number that we're playing with right now. We're at 3375. So we're less than five points away from taking out the high. Again, to me, that's a psychological and it 
could all change with earnings expectations. It could all change with economic shutdowns. But psychologically, it feels good to say, oh, I remember looking at my 401k on February 10th and Rob Black was talking about markets at all time highs at an all time high. And I felt good looking at my 401k and then March came along and I didn't feel so good. I lost 30%. But now you're back. You're within four points of being back. So you can look at your 401k today if you're typically a S&P 500. A friend asked me today, he said, you know, how much do I have in the S&P 500? I said, anywhere from 20 to 60% uh, to start. And 20% would satisfy your large cap growth. And you don't have to do any more large cap growth. Then you have to do 20% mid cap and 20% small cap and 20% international and 20% income. That's your basic basic boil down portfolio that's not appropriate for anyone but it's a start and then you can start tinkering where you go okay i like large cap more than small cap so you go 25 percent large cap 15 percent small cap realistically i like small cap more than large cap so i'm going to do it the other way around and i don't much care about mid cap so i'm going to shift some of that mid cap to the large cap and small cap but again that's we're all different investors i'm not telling you to be like me and that may or may not reflect what I am because that's was making that up on the fly. But I think it's kind of close. I don't like bonds, but I like income. So income to you may mean something different than it does to me. And I don't hate all bonds. I just generically on a show like this, not a big fan. And it's not a cool thing to say because bonds have a lot of safety to them. And I'm not saying danger is my middle name because trouble is my middle name. I tend to get myself into a little bit of trouble in life. Um, S&P 500, close to taking out. It's all-time high. Um, and it's, again, psychologically, it feels kind of good to say that, right? Are you with me or against me? you got to pick a side. Back in February of 2019, I'm sorry, February of 2020, it was boring. We were hitting all-time highs every day. Everyone's getting richer. Get in the stock market now. Join Acorns. Put a little bit of money away, squirrel it away, and it'll turn into big money over time. And then March came along, and we're like, we don't like losing money. Anyway, uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Florida is posting record deaths. I throw that out there because no matter what, you kind of have to remember, wear a mask. It's like wearing a seatbelt. It sucks at first, but it's kind of cool. Um, yes, it was kind of cool to be in the 1960s, and 1970s in a car that had a couch in the front seat and you could put your arm around your honey and drive with one arm and, and have air blowing through your, your hair. I get it. Just wear a mask. So just get over it. It's just like a seatbelt. I remember seatbelts conversations in the 70s. I don't really remember these, but you could probably go Google and YouTube them. But people are like, I feel like it's choking me. I feel like it's like strangling me. Like, what if I drive off a bridge and go underwater and I can't get the seatbelt off? I'll drown. And I'm like, how many people drive off bridges and drown? I'm like, go ask Ted Kennedy that question. No, <laughs> Chappaquiddick. Too soon? Too soon? Not many people drive off bridges and drown. Yes, the Kennedys seem to have a higher incidence of it than more Americans, but it's not a common occurrence. Vaccine for most Americans is going to take well into 2021. Well into 2021. 
my TV station said, we want you back bad because we're missing the market talk, but we don't want you back bad enough to bring you into the office until there's a vaccine. And I think that's a lot of America right now. Merck bets on a one-shot vaccine and race with faster rivals. Trump is ending the runaround Congress fails to jolt stalled relief talks. Um, that's going to be big news. That's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as the unemployment benefits ran out July 31st. And now that we're in August, there's going to be pressure. You're going to wait till you turn on the news tonight and tomorrow night. You're going to see a lot of Pelosi, Schumer, Trump, Mitch, McConnell, and many, many others making political sausage to get spending bills pushed through. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thank you for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Taking a look at the markets today, I feel that I want to repeat this one more time. The mother of all sector rotations has started. A lot of money is starting to focus on areas of underperformance like financials, energy. If you take a look at Exxon stock and Chevron Texaco, you'll start seeing like, oh, they're still way off their highs. Whereas you take a look at an Apple or Microsoft and Netflix or Google uh, and Amazon, you're like, oh, they're just a little bit off their highs. So Wall Street money is searching for value. That doesn't mean that you're not going to say, I'll buy Apple at any price, because some people will. I won't buy Apple at any price, and I love Apple, but I like it for the ecology. It's like I said, last you know, in the last 12 hours, I watched two hours of YouTube, a company owned by Alphabet. Um, I got on Twitter. I got on Facebook. I got on Instagram. All big tech companies. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, I picked up a package yesterday that was brought to me by Amazon. You know, they are clearly and most of this I'm doing through like my phone and sitting down and and that's Apple. Like the big brands are doing their thing. But uh, so I like the ecology and I'm not against it. I'm just it's nice to see the Russell 2000, some stocks that you've never heard of, you know, outperform the stocks that you have heard of. And now you're saying you're out of content, aren't you? <laughs> Pretty much so. Um, but I like the sector rotation story. Um, I'm not saying we're in it forever and ever. You should sell all your stocks and buy Russell 2000 stocks or Russell 1000. I'm not saying that. I just like to spread the wealth, which is interesting because there's a lot of arguments about spreading wealth in our society of the haves and the have-nots. Uh, New York, New York City update. COVID-19 death toll in nursing homes is amongst the highest in the country. It could be significantly undercounted. So there's some publicly traded um, old folks homes. One of the ones I could think of, you know, off the top of my head, uh, ticker symbol as well. And would I be investing in senior retirement homes right now? Probably not. Um, but are they the ones that are going to benefit when COVID passes? Yeah. And like well tower, take a simple well, it's 52 week high is 93. It's 52 week low is 24. That's in 52 weeks. Can you imagine 24 to 93? 
It's got a 4.2% dividend yield. It's a publicly traded where company where we can go put mom and dad when they get old and we don't want to see them anymore. We can hide them away in an old folks home. Now, COVID is pretty bad on old folk homes. So you have to say, do I really want a 4.2% dividend yield? I'll tell you right now, I do. This is a stock that I'm looking at to add to my portfolio. Uh, ticker symbol as well. It's a dividend. I think short term is upside. I think midterm is long upside. I think long term. Eh, a lot of a lot's going to deal with COVID, but old folk homes aren't cheap. Uh, let me say that one more time. Old folk homes aren't cheap. Go ask mom and dad if they want to be put in one, and they're like, oh, I don't want to go into it until I have to. Those are hundred thousand dollars a year. You should do some homework, and I'll give you some ticker symbols to do homework on. Ticker symbol W-E-L-L, ticker symbol E-N-S-G, ticker symbol O-H-I, and ticker symbol B-K-D. Um, Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. And you should probably take a look at like the death tolls in old folk homes right now and say, is this really where I want to be? And will they be protected from lawsuits? That old folks home wouldn't let my mom leave, and now she's dead. I want to sue them. For the record, that's not a true story about my mom, but my mom is in an old folks home and it is expensive. Um, but that's your opportunity. And again, that's sick, isn't it? I once said on air that I bought a beach house right after a hurricane hit Myrtle Beach. I didn't buy Myrtle Beach. I, hit, I bought a, uh, uh, up in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. But the idea is when a hurricane hits, the values go down as everyone leaves. Like when an earthquake hits, people move back to the East Coast from the West Coast. But then North Carolina just got a 5.1 earthquake, which ain't which ain't small. Um, but COVID right now is a literal killer in old folks' homes. But I think you could take a look at them if you want to see opportunity. They were at all-time highs pre-COVID. Then they fell 60%, 70%. And no, they're not as sexy as an airline. But they're a lot more profitable. So take a look at old folks' homes. They tend to have very nice dividends. Again, if they don't get sued. Sued is uh, if we don't hold them for wrongful deaths. Another company is Omega Healthcare. And it's got a dividend yield of 8%. Now, 8% is way too much. A company can't realistically pay their employees, pay their rent, um, give service and still have that kind of extra cash flow to throw around. If they do, it's not for long because they're going to burn through cash. But again, you know, Omega Healthcare is a stock that in the last 52 weeks has been as low as 13, as high as 45. So I see 32 and 45. I go, there's a lot of upside if we go back. But then that dividend yield scares me. So I'm going to look at their cash to see how long they can pay that dividend. Because Wall Street never likes it when you say, well, we're no longer going to pay a dividend. We're going to cut a dividend. There's a lot going on in this concept. I threw it out there for you because with COVID, we tend to get focused on hotel and leisure. And we don't think about old folk homes. And then I saw a story on AP Flash about New York City's death toll in old folks' homes. And then I start tying it together with the Republicans who don't want businesses held accountable if mom dies of COVID in them. I'm summing that up way too quickly. Um but that's how Wall Street works. Uh, you can buy in the darkest hour and get a deal, or you can buy when things are good and pay a premium. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more.